Hi, Mark. Hey, Jeff. All right. So in gubernatorial races, at least those in recent memory, the name of some candidates appear twice on the ballot. You can have Dan Malloy on twice for Working Families Party and Democrats. You can have other candidates on twice, say, for the Republican Party and the Independent Party. Can you just back it up a little bit and help us understand how third parties get on the ballot and what role they've played historically? People should not feel guilty for being confused by this because Connecticut is one of very few states that actually have this. The vast majority of states, you get one bite at the apple. You get one place on the ballot. So Connecticut is a state that allows what we call fusion politics. And the Working Families Party is the best example of this. They own a a valuable piece of real estate, which is a ballot line. So the way that these parties initially get a ballot line is you have to petition. It's really not that hard. It requires getting signatures from 1% of the electorate or 7,500 people, whichever is less. And once you're on the ballot, to stay on the ballot each election cycle, what has to happen? You've got to hit 1% of the vote to stay on. And then once you're on, you know, you're, you're on, which is, which is another reason why they cross-endorse major party candidates, because it's the easiest way to self-perpetuate. Well, the average person is thinking, all right, so then what's the point in having a political party that is on the ballot, but not to run necessarily a candidate in your position who's different than the other parties? Okay, here's where we get to inside baseball very quickly. Let's take, the, again, the Working Families Party because they're the best-known practitioner of, of this, of fusion politics. They are an offshoot of the Democratic Party most of the time. Their goal is to push the Democratic Party towards progressive political positions, higher minimum wage, mm-hmm. paid family medical leave, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. On occasion, they will pressure the Democratic Party in places like Hartford, where winning the Democratic nomination usually is tantamount to winning the election, they will run their own candidate. And that might pressure the Democrat into being uh, more in line with them. Or in a couple of cases, they actually elect somebody on their line. This doesn't happen only on the left. There's the Republican Party on the, on the ballot, and there's also the Independent Party. Though when it comes to governor, we haven't always seen the same candidate on both lines. No. And the Independent Party is not a conservative analog to the Working Families Party. Mm. The Independent Party in Connecticut is something uh, with an identity that is a little fuzzy at times. There are some regional factions. There's been this big fight between a Danbury faction and a Waterbury faction as to who controls the statewide ballot line. This has been in litigation for years and years and years. The Waterbury faction recently won. It's under appeal. But one of the disagreements in this independent party, which has like 25,000 members, but there's a real question about do those people really think of themselves as members of a party or are they people when they registered to vote, they checked off independent because they think of themselves as unaffiliated? We have an election coming up. When the average voter goes into the booth and they'll look at the ballot, there will be several candidates for governor. There will be several names on the ballot. Two of them will appear twice, Stefanowski and Lamont. What is the average person going in to vote supposed to do? Here's the thing. 
some people, you know, they, they will ignore it. If they're inclined to vote for a Democrat, they'll vote for a Democrat. If they're inclined to vote for a Republican, that's what they'll do. The working families had this, this kind of clever line. They would call voting for their line as a protest vote that counts. In other words, you get to say a little something, you know. This year, where there are a lot of Republicans a little nervous about President Trump and what President Trump has done to the Republican brand in Connecticut, there are um, Republican legislators who are really happy this year that they're cross-endorsed on the independent line. There is a feeling that if they are in good standing with their hometown voters, that maybe this gives people a little out that they can register some uh, disapproval of the president if they're so inclined, but yet not toss out their local Republican state representative. There are a bunch of subtle aspects to this whole business. Some of it is uh, psychology. Some of it is politics. Politics and psychology, uh, Mm. as you know, quite often go hand in hand. (laughs) They do. Mark Pazniokis is nice enough to come and help us understand the vagaries of Connecticut's state politics. He writes for the Connecticut Mirror. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome.